0: I'm going to introduce myself, first of all, just because some of you, we have a lot of new people here, uh, maybe not here today, but you might be out there on, on the uh, video, uh, and I'm, I'm Samuel Schreiner. Um, my wife and I, Sherry, uh, have been here for a little over 33 years or so um, in this body, uh, with, in a lot of different roles and positions, which I'm not going to go into. We have five ch- <laughs> Would you got an extra one? We have four children <laughs> and five grandchildren, uh, and and we're pretty blessed that our children know the Lord, and most and our grandchildren do too. At least the ones who are capable of knowing they know. Uh, there's some pretty young, uh, and that's pretty much all that I'm gonna. You know, I I work here in Hillsboro. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll get to this maybe a little bit later. I work at the Washington County Jail. Yippee. Uh, and um, that's a world of its own. And I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, but I want to start out this morning after introducing myself. I am going to pray again. You know, you can't have enough prayer. And, and thank you, everyone, who's been praying for me to lead up to this. Not even just for today. I mean, I look around here, and I see the people who are responsible for me being here. We know. And I'm going to just mention this right now and get it out of the way. I'm fairly emotional the last three years. I don't know what it is, but uh, I have got a thin veneer uh, over my exterior right now. And and, uh, the Lord jumps through it all the time, so... I will try to keep it in control, though, <laughs> as best as possible. So I'm going to pray, if, and just join me in this prayer. Precious Lord God Almighty, Holy Spirit, we come to you today, Lord, and just seek your truth. We seek your voice, Lord. We seek your path, your way and your strength, your love and your encouragement. Your faithfulness. And we pray, Lord, as we come together here again this morning for those who are in their homes, Lord, we pray that you would touch us in a new way. Your mercies are new every morning, your blessings, your faithfulness are beyond words. And we know, Lord, that you know what each of us needs. A little something different, all of us, to be encouraged, to be lifted up, to be touched with healing if we need it. And for those of Lord that are just facing monumental things of health, Lord, we know that you have a purpose always, and we pray that they rest in that. And as you seek, Lord, to show the world what you can do through them. So, Lord, we offer this morning up to you and and, Lord, I just pray, dear God, that you would order my steps and my words, but most of all my mind. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start off this morning, and if, if this may be on the screen, too, this is, uh, I, I'm basing this sermon kind of around Colossians 9.23, 9 Colossians 1 and 9 through 23. And the reason I'm doing that, it's, it doesn't really address the topic which is the aim of new life. But what it does address is what we need to be visioning in order to create the aim in our life. And so I'm going to read it. I may stop at certain points because, uh, because I might. Uh, Colossians 1, 9 through 23, and in one of my Bibles, not the one I brought up here, which is I call my, my duct tape Bible, um, it's, it, but I've got a Holman, and and it says in the Holman, uh, it starts off with nine, verse nine. Paul's prayer for the Colossians. For this reason also, and I, this is our prayer for you too, mine, his, ours. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In, spirit, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness Patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, and he is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. I want to stop right there. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. But the other part of that is, and I think we lose sight of this, and I'm going to skip something I was going to read to you because I'm just going to tell you. And that is that Christ was the perfect example Of a human being and I think we forget that we think of him as divine which he was and is and will come to be here but he was a perfect human being he gave us the absolute model of how to walk how to speak how to address each other how to love how to encourage how to be faithful, how to be patient, all of it. He modeled it, and he created a path. And, uh, you know, part of this concept of the aim of new life is there's an actual path. It's a highway. It's a trail. Call it whatever you will. And he's right on it like this calling us as his children, follow. Follow. And in the following, if you're like me, and I'm sure that because I'm a part of this family, that you're like me, <laughs> if, that there's, there's times when we're going down that path and we walk right off. See, Carl? Walk right off the path. So they can't see me. Sometimes we do it accidentally. Accidentally. Sometimes we do it intentionally. That's what sin is. Sin is falling off the path he set before us. And obedience to that path is just staying on it. It's not a lot of rules and regulations. It's follow me. Do as I did, do as I do, and do as I am. Okay, back to wherever it was I was. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. And Scotty brought this up last week. Scotty, thank you. I know where you are. Scotland. I love Scotland. Um, Invisible. There is so much in this world that we're not seeing that he sees. And that's why he calls us to see through his eyes as we are renewed day moment by moment day in and day out by the holy spirit more and you and you allow yourself to see through his eyes you begin to see more than what the circumstances are that we deal with in this world so whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he will hold me together to be able to share this. And he is, and he is also the head of the body, our church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Verse 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. He made peace. We are no longer an enemy of God. Even though and he was never our enemy, but we saw him that way when we were in sin. Because that's what's what sin was. Original sin was when Eve said, "I doubt you, God. You're not here on my behalf." And she started the whole thing with her buddy Adam rolling. But we're at peace now, and we can claim that peace. To recognize that when we fall off the path, he's not there with a bullwhip. I might be, because that's my nature, but he's not. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you, me, in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. If indeed, if indeed, and how you know in Scripture, for those of you who read Scripture a lot, how many times Christ says, if you, he never says, do this. He says, if you will, follow me. If you are willing to give up your possessions, rich man then come and follow me." It's always a condition. He does not demand. He invites and he never quits inviting. So if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope, hope, and it's not the hope of what Scotty mentioned last week, it's not the hope of wishful thinking, and gosh, I'm, you know, I'm laying here in the hammock. I really would like to do something, you know. No, it's the hope of activity, of a, of a, a desire, of an enthusiasm for what he has promised all of us. And that's that hope that everything he said will happen as he said it. Away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Amen. So, I use this verse, for the reasons I expressed earlier, as kind of like a beacon of motivation. And I think a lot of the reason why we get stuck behind these walls and have not moved out into our community the way we, in our minds we know we should is because I, I think there's restrictions that we've placed upon maybe the Lord, maybe restrictions you've placed upon yourself, you know, geez, things aren't working out real well for my in my family right now. Or, you know, I don't. I'm not. You know, I've got this problem. And I can't. I can't, can't. seem to get rid of it. So therefore, I'll wait. Well, I have learned in my history uh, of my short 73 years on the planet uh, that He's not a God that sits around while you wait. Uh, I. I have not had a what I would call a comfortable life. A lot of you know uh, part of my life, uh, but comfort has never been something he put in my world and there's a reason for it. I'm, I'm, now he's showing me, I mean in the first 45, 50 years, I didn't get it. Why, is, why are things so hard for me? Why ha- do I have to go through this? And part of the reason was is because I was born into this world with a lot of fear. I was introduced into a family that did not know the Lord and there was a lot of violence and that created a lot of fear in me as a child that I carried into my adolescent years and also a lot of mistrust I didn't trust anybody (laughs) and I thought I always had to do for me I knew God was there even in those days but I didn't know who he was But I knew he was there because there were times that he saved me from not being here. I have had several imminent death experiences, not from illness, from putting myself in bad positions and uh, with unhealthy people in childhood because I couldn't do anything different than that. (laughs) You know, but fortunately he came through. But in every one of those situations, what brought me to hear was hearing his voice and obeying totally. Even though in my intellect, I was thinking, this is ridiculous. This makes no sense in the earthly world that I know. But every time I followed it, it turned out fine. And so part of being on this path that he has places on is changing what we were born with. Our expectations of how the world should be. Our expectations of God that are not from Scripture. Our perspective. Our aim, if you would. We are called to focus on one thing and one thing alone—the face of Christ—and when you keep, when we keep your our eyes on the face of Christ, we stay on the path. Even in times of chaos, in times of loss. In times of total disruption. And in times of broken dreams. You know, I was a confirmed bachelor. <laughs> Not because I thought that's what I should be. It's because I, I couldn't trust women. I couldn't trust men. I couldn't trust anybody. But she proved me wrong. My bride. Amen. But that was a process. The Lord took me through a process throughout that, and that process always had to do with listen to me and follow my path. That was the process. I'm a pretty simple man. <laughs> she can profess that. I am. I, I don't like complexity. You know, I, part of the reason I chose this sermon, the aim, is I'm an archer. I love bows but I love very simple handmade bows and I, I don't know well and bells and whistles and wheels and all that, that which is fine but it's that simplicity I have a hard time with with uh, uh, what would you call it small conversation I have a difficult time not because I don't want to talk to you <laughs> You know, it's because I, I don't know what to say. But he has transformed that over the years and moved me through it by showing me that comfort, me wanting to have my plans fulfilled in my way, that that was not His his way. And every time I had a vision like being, you know, a confirmed bachelor or... Uh, when when we had this property up on the hill, we had 42 acres up in the, you know, the coastal range, and I was doing construction, I was in love. I was in total love with the entire thing. I loved being, you know, it was a dead-end road, which means I could be away from people. You know, hey, you can't get into my house. You know, and that type of thing. And then you know, our neighbors got us here, you know, that type of thing. And But that plan to stay there and rest in that world was not his plan again and he swept it out from underneath our feet and during that process once again here's the path again during that process of having that all fall apart and uh, i got counsel from many people to do certain things to keep it which and if i had done those certain things a, uh, I would have taught a very poor lesson to my kids. And B, uh, I would, a lot of pe- people would have been harmed in the process because I had a lot of projects going on and those people would have been harmed. So I listened to the Spirit and He said, No, just stay on the path, follow me. And I did, I did it out of you know, ignorance because I tell you, I didn't know what to do. And a lot of times, I think we get in a situation where I don't know how to step out. I don't know how to touch this person. You don't need to know how. He does. You just need to be available. Be careful what you agree to. I I realize this now. (laughs) Well, he's made me aware of some things in the very... Immediate time here, uh, not just today, but in, in the last couple of weeks, Of all, of, he just sort of laid out some things that he did in my past and said, this is why. Finally got an answer. I mean, it took, what, you know, 50 years, but I finally got an answer. <laughs> or 40 years, or whatever it was. But it's recognizing that when things fall apart in your world, That's the time you have to listen because don't rely upon your mind to give you accurate information. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That has been a core verse of mine since the day I started here in this church. And it has proven to be true. And even after we lost that place up here, we, we bought a nice little house over next to Hillsborough High School. Fortunately, it was in a cul-de-sac with big trees on, uh, around it because I told my wife, I said, I'm going to get a little squirrely if I have to move down into town because I'm kind of a squirrely kind of guy, you know. I don't, uh, anyways, right there. And so we got this nice little place, and construction for me personally started to pick up again, because that was the 2008 when we, had the, when we lost our place. I lost, uh, I lost a lot of money <laughs> yeah, it, during that period. We moved down, we got this other house, and the Lord spoke to me during that process of leaving that hill. And on the way off of that hill, because I was questioning, why, why, why me, Lord? Why is this happening? And he he didn't answer me. And all I got was, keep your eyes forward. That's all I got. Well, that wasn't enough, you know, for me, personally, and I needed to have... A vision or something, you know, because my family was upset, my wife was upset, you know, and reasonably so. And, uh, but once we moved to this new home and I got back into construction, he shortly after that he says, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to go back to school. But Lord, I have plans. So? Well, he didn't do that. <laughs> I did. But I ignored it. I ignored it because work was picking up and so I just got into it again and I got involved in the work and during the work as I got involved it one day it just it's like somebody pulled a lever turned it all off and I mean turned it all off even though my phone used to ring daily in that process he reminded me remember that conversation we had two years ago because it took me two years to follow through he says, i got a plan. I have a plan. I want you to go back to school. I freaked out. I'm not, I'm not a real intelligent person. I mean, I'm, I'm average. I'm, I mean, I've got a fairly good head on my shoulders. That's true. But I never saw myself as an intellectual person. But I went, and I, I threw the golden fleece out about four times to make sure it was really from him, and every time it happened. So I went, and after two weeks there, I wanted to quit. I was way above my, it was just out of my league. Just, I mean, there were kids there that were younger than my kids, way younger than my kids. But I stuck it out, and the reason I stuck out is this, and here's the part that I hope you really capture. Because if you aim, you have to aim at something besides the circumstances of this world and your own personality. You have to aim at something that is truthful all the time. And so I was coming home from the, after that night of two weeks, and I got this. I'm going. I walked in the house and I told my wife. I says, I can't do this. I'm quitting. And, you know, and, she said, and her eyes got kind of big, you know, and, and, uh, and I, but I said, but the Lord said this to me on the way home. Yes, you can't do this, being the man you are now. All right. <laughs> what does that mean? And, and then I told that to my wife, and she said, well, what does that mean? I said, I don't know. All I know is I can't do this being the man I am right now. I can't do this being the man I was yesterday. I can't do tomorrow if I pull the man I am now along with me. I have to keep my vision, my motivation, my focus only upon him. And do I do it? No sometimes enough that he has shown me what the results are of that I have in my life he has given me and I say given and and once again these things that have happened in my life had to happen for me to be here had to because I couldn't learn any other way we all have a different way of learning so he treats all of us a little bit differently And thank God for that but he has given me in my life what I would call two or three or four miracle events that I was involved in the process while it was happening some one of them I shared here a long time and I'm not going to get into and if you want to know more about it but I those miracle events those walk on water experiences showed me that this world is so incomplete and to not attach myself to it i do but it's so incomplete it's like the it's like the covid and, I'm, you know, and I know I've, I upset a lot of people for a while. I think I did anyways. Because I refused to wear a mask. And, and, you know, I got into arguments about it. And that's part of that is because of my own rebellious nature. But the other part of it was is because God spoke to me. He said, I am sufficient for you. I want you just to focus on me. And if, and if you are to be, become sick, you are to become sick for my purposes. If you are to stay healthy, you will stay healthy for my purposes, not for anything else. And so I did. Now, you know, obviously I, there were times I had to wear a mask because it, I couldn't go into my work. You know, I worked in, also out with an adolescence in uh, Tigard. A lockdown facility there, and um, after a while, you had to wear a mask. But I got it off at any opportunity I could. And I'm not going to go into all the, anybody ever want to talk about the neurological and biological reasons? I'm, I'll discuss them with you. You know, because there are truths that you're not hearing. That's all. i leave it there. But he had to take me through some of these experiences just so I could be close to him. Closer, And I just want to share the fact that it is the simple act of staying obedient on the path that creates it all. Is, there's nothing uh, intellectual about it. There's nothing... Uh, uh, unusual about it matter of fact it's probably more usual than anything else it's so real and yet we forget because our aim has been colored by something else if you want to hit in archery if you want to hit the bullseye you cannot take your eye off the bullseye you take your eye off the bullseye and that arrow's going to go right where your eye went and, and I'm here to tell you that's true. <laughs> I will tell this story. a bow hunter when I lived in Colorado. That was a brief experience. And I was out in the middle of the Rocky Mountains, uh, north of Vales, way back inside with another gentleman. And um, we separated every day to go in different directions in these canyons we were in. And, you know, I was into it, so I had, you know, camouflage, mud on my face, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And one day, I'm on the ridge of this canyon, and I crawled down over the edge because I could see some big mule deer. Matter of fact, I thought they were elk. They were so big. Now I crawled over. It took me about an hour to get to them so I wouldn't scare them away. I got to them, and I, I could see there was this huge Buck. I could and this is no exam I could have laid down in his rack and taken a nap He was mammoth I got all excited which you don't want to do if you're bow hunting and uh, I got myself positioned in, in some bushes. I was camouflaged. I got ready I, I knocked an arrow, you know, and I drew back and I let that, that arrow go, and then you know what I heard? Thwack! Well, that's not the sound you want to hear if you're trying to actually bow hunt. And I looked. First of all, he, he picked his head up because he was grazing. And it was, it was like a, a perfect shot. He was grazing, and he had a cow and another younger buck with him. And they took, as soon as they heard that thwack, they were gone. They just shot up the mountainside out of that canyon like lightning. What did he do? He lifted up his head and he stared right at me because by this time I had I'm looking for my arrow and it was I found it it stuck up in a tree way high up in a tree (laughs) and he was looking at me with this look on his face like son you're no trouble. That was the end of my hunting career. (laughs) I went out every day after that just to explore and see how close I could get to things, but I never did again. But I still do. ours. is our target. Because he's renewing us daily. He renews us by his word. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm so blessed to have my partner, to keep me. We have been in the word together now for We're going on 40 years. And we start our day that way. We talk about it. And it renews my mind. And one of the very first things I heard from Christ, from the Spirit, the day I accepted Him, and we accepted Him within hours of each other unbeknownst, the very first thing I heard from the Spirit was, that book you're holding in your hand, don't ever set it down. You need it because your mind is not good. And I never did. Thank God I never did. So reading his word is important. It's important to always be renewing yourself with his word. But it's also important just to vision Forward, not look behind you know the past doesn't even exist especially in his eyes but we've held on to it and that's part of the reason I think we you know Mark was talking about this earlier part of things that we prayed at our table about there is some leftovers that have never really been healed and they will get healed I, I trust the Lord for that because I pray about it but we can't be looking back at what was not even what was in us we have to look to what have you made new today and so i just want to give you i don't know even i don't know when i began i don't know where we are now but i'm probably over and anybody got a hint but regardless i just want to give you a few things that you can actually practice because i will tell you this too Comfort is a lie from the enemy. We are not made to be comfortable. That doesn't mean we don't rest and recuperate and enjoy the fruits of our labor. But he has not designed us for comfort. Comfort is a disease. And so... You know, I, one of the things I've learned working in the jail is, man, it's uncomfortable. Probably every person you've seen in the, in the headlines uh, that have killed people, shot people, raped people, I'm working with them on a daily basis. I sit in a little tiny room with them uh, and talk to them. And... Sometimes to no avail, sometimes I see the Spirit work, and that's just the only reason that keeps me going back there. That and the fact I'm real close to home, <laughs> and, which is why I took the job, because of what we've been going through recently. But comfort is not something you want to hold on to. Instead, think of adventure. Christ is an adventure. Christ has a I. I think of him as a wild heart. He can't be tamed. And he has, for every single one, regardless of age, as, as, as was David shared earlier, regardless of our age, regardless of anything, really, our physical condition, he has a plan. And he will fulfill it if you just say, Yes. That's all it takes. That's what I did. I said yes. I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. I was ignorant in my yesness. And had been all the way for up until just the last few, few years. I, you know, I, I'm a, I got a thick skull. But he's taken me to places because I've said yes. And shown me that the things I had to let go of the things I lost. There have been great losses in our lives in the last 20 years. Those losses all had a purpose. And and I'm blessed by them now. I'm blessed by them. So comfort, forget about it. Rest, yes. The other thing is aim and focus. Aim and focus. Focus. Not a lot of rules, not a lot of conditions. You know, it's if, if you'll stay on the path. Do you know the word sin means missing the mark? But it also has a root meaning in falling off the path. And you know what righteousness means? The root meaning of righteousness in ancient Hebrew? Getting back on the path. It's as simple as that. He made the way. He gave us a model. He loves us more than we can conceive. He'll never forsake us. He'll never leave us. In the worst of conditions, in the craziest circumstances, like this whole thing that we're dealing with in this world right now, has nothing over him. And if we keep our eyes on the path, it will have nothing over us either. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we, uh, we're at a loss. I'm at a loss for words many times, Lord, when I think of all that you are, all that you've shown, and all that you've taken us through, and how you've encouraged us all along the way. To not lose heart, to not quit, and to not falter. And if we do, Lord, you're there to pick us up. My prayer today, Lord, is that this can become a, a life of adventure for all of us. That when we wake up in the morning, every single morning, we remind ourselves, this is a new day. And I have new life pouring into me. Because, Lord, your life is new every moment, every second. So help us, Lord, to accept your new life, but keep our eyes and our feet and our minds focused on you. Bless us in our efforts here. Bless Scotty and his family as you bring them back home together with us so that I could listen to that man read the phone book. I love, I love him, Lord. You know that. Amen.